welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Joining me on the program yet again is Bobby Russell. How you doing, dude? Uh, doing good. Positive vibes only from here on out the rest of the year. Uh, it's a chance to go one and every week from here on out. So that's how I'm feeling after last weekend. So big smile on my face right now. Yeah, t- tough one. We don't have to get into it. I'm not a, I'm not a ball breaker or anything like that. Just a tough game. Um, so, uh, obviously Bobby's a, a Notre Dame fan for this first time you're listening. So licking his wounds a little bit, but, uh, Hey, you, you came back this week and we'll talk about your Irish here in a second. We'll do a little week for NFL in the middle, some locks and uh, talk a little NASCAR probably at the end of this thing, but, uh, let's get into the week five college football, big game previews here, <clears throat> excuse me on the podcast PCAS. Let's start in Pac-12 country, Friday night, FS1, 9 Eastern time, kickoff, 4-0, number 10, Utah, the Utes on the road at the 3-1 Oregon State Beavers, rated number 19 in the polls uh, at time of recording. Three-and-a-half point favored is Oregon State with a total of 44-and-a-half. Bobby, this is a, it's a tough cap for me, but I want your uh, – I'll, I'll let you go first here. What do you, what do you think about the Beavers and the Utes? Yeah, I got a I got a lock in this game, so I'll save okay. a prediction for that. But I think this is I think last week was the start of when we see the Pac-12 start to eat itself alive from the inside out. You know, Colorado was the story of the year, and Oregon properly dismantled them. You know, I don't know if Travis Hunter would have made a, uh, a fifty point difference, uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like it would have made a, made had some impact on that. But you know, Washington State took out Oregon State last weekend. They looked real good. I, you know, I, I've been a doubter of Washington State all year, and the two times I bet against them, they've uh, rubbed my face in the dirt. So I'm going to start believing in Washington State. But Utah, I mean, they played a hell of a defensive game against UCLA last weekend. Um, you know, opening play of the game, pick six against uh, young freshman Dante Moore. Um, and, you know, they kind of held on the rest of the game. And I think they're just kind of biding their time until they can get Cam Rising back. And I think we're not too far away from that. Uh, but this is a, was a, a Friday night game. This is going to be yep. uh, a good one. Um, you know, it's, I, 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 I'll, I'll save my lock for it, but um, I'm leaning heavily one way. And I think it's a plus sign in the future in this one. Yeah, I'm – see, I'm torn here. I think uh, going to Corvallis, that, that's a tough road trip. Oregon State. Uh, they're going to try to run the football. Uh, both these teams are going to try to establish a line of scrimmage. So it should be a fun matchup in the trenches in this one. Um, I think I would lean Oregon State at the moment, but if you tell me Friday, you know, late afternoon, Cam Risen's going, and we see this line start to creep back in the uh, Utah Utes direction, um, I, I might be able to get there with Utah, uh, even on the road if he plays. Uh, if he doesn't play, it's it's – probably going to be a stay away for me um i just think you know and i you know will we have rust uh if he comes mm-hmm. back I, I you know i think he's close um he 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 gave it a go in pregame warm-ups i just don't think they either he wasn't that comfortable yet on that knee surgically repaired knee or they knew they could probably get away at home with uh grinding out a, a defensive uh a win like they did against ucla so yeah um if rising plays, I'm interested in, in taking the Utes plus some points. Uh, but right now, I, I guess gun the head, I would lay it with the Beavs right now. But uh, no, no official play 
for me on that game. Moving to Saturday, a noon kickoff on Fox. We will stay in Pac-12 country. 4-0, number 8 USC. The Trojans, a 21.5-point road favorite. Going to Boulder, taking on the 3-1 and Colorado Buffaloes. 73.5, a huge total, as you would expect in this one. Um, Bobby, you mentioned a little bit ago, I think most of the, the football viewing public, all the talking heads, I think, you know, the little uh, bubble burst last week in Oregon, they were kind of ripe for uh, an ass kicking. They just don't have the bodies up front. Now, this week, I look at this matchup, though. I think they match up a little bit better with USC. Uh, I don't think, as, as, as you know, I don't think a USC is an awesome team up front yet under Lincoln Riley. Still pretty early in his rebuild there. I don't think there's any doubt USC doesn't go in there and win this football game. But can Oregon score enough to cover the number or get you to an over on the side total? I think they might be able to. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards here. Uh, again, not an official play, but. I think I would lean uh, the Trojans slightly on the spread and towards the over, and definitely USC wins. But how do you feel about this game? Yeah, this one, I, I, it's a 9 a.m. local kickoff for USC, 10 a.m. in Colorado yeah. for this one, um, for the big noon kickoff. Uh, so I'm curious to see how they'll they'll adapt to that. You know, you think about being in middle school football or even like Biddy League football, we used to play those early morning games on Saturdays and Sundays. So you know how it can be. It can be slow. So I'm kind of pointing the under, especially with the total and the effort from Colorado last week offensively. They just couldn't get it going. And USC's better on defense this year. I, I think that's been one of the main focuses. Um, you know, I think their front seven led by Bear Alexander is doing really well. So I think they'll hold Colorado. And obviously USC is going to score. But 74 and a half, the line right now is what I see. If I'm If, I'm, if I've got the... The capital, I might buy that down to like 64 and a half maybe. I, I think that could get me the over. Um, but just with Colorado's performance last week, I don't see it. Um, Game-wise, I, I think USC wins, but I think it's an ugly win. Um, I don't think they're firing on all cylinders yet. You know, We've seen them give up points to San Jose State um, and Arizona State. And they kind of they play with their food a little bit. And there might be a little bit of stat hiding there trying to get Caleb Williams the second Heisman run again as well. Um, so I like USC in the game, um, but I'm either buying it down or I'm taking the under on this one's the only play I can really see. All right, we will stay in the noon window on Saturday. ESPN and SEC East matchup. Number 22, Florida, the Gators, 3-1 and one on the young season. On the road in Lexington, taking on the 4-0 Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Kentucky not raked. Yet, I guess, uh, but they are one and a half point home favorites, and 44 is your total on this one. Gators, Wildcats, what do you say? I got a lock on this one, so I'll save the pick for that one. Okay. But Kentucky, I'm not impressed with Kentucky yet. I, you know, I think they're playing in about the same schedule that Georgia plays. You look at Ball State, uh, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron, and then their first SEC game with Vanderbilt. And they even allowed 28 to Vanderbilt, which that, that shouldn't happen in SEC play uh, if you're a team that's a top 25 caliber team of Kentucky. So I'm not sold on Kentucky yet. And, you know, I think Florida, I think they flexed their muscles a little bit this year. Uh, the one loss to Utah early in the season, that was a it, it was a close game. The score doesn't reflect it, but it, it was a close game there. Um, you know, and I think with the way they handled Tennessee, uh, they show up for the big games, and I, I think that's what we're going to see here. So I like Florida to go up to Kroger Field and get this one done. Yeah, I'm kind of 
man, I feel like both these teams are eerily similar this year. You look at both, they they take transfer quarterbacks. Mertz has not really killed Florida. Um, you know, he's played well and protected the football. Um, Leary hasn't looked great, um, you know, with Kentucky. Uh, but both teams have been explosive in the run game. Um, their front fours have gotten after people uh, in most of the action. So, I, you know, that I'm looking at that total 44. I, I think you could squeak an under in this one. I think this, this game is decided by which team could be more efficient in the red zone in this matchup. I don't know if there's going to be a ton of uh, drives that, that, you know, are extended and reach the red zone, but I think when they get there, both teams are, are going to have to be efficient in the red zone, <clears throat> excuse me, get touchdowns and not field goals. Uh, as for the game, I I guess I would lean Florida, I but I hate it in a way. Uh, it's probably a stay away for me. I, I I'm a, I'm really interested in watching this game. I, I think you know Florida already beat Tennessee. Uh, I know Missouri is still unbeaten. I'm not cutting Tennessee out of this uh, race for basically second best in the East. But I think the winner of this game could be you know in a little bit of a driver's seat uh, to to maybe be the the next team in line behind uh, Georgia in the East. But a very interesting matchup. And I feel like this is the first time I remember this game being not a night game uh, in a long time. So um, a little different viewing window for all of us. Uh, we will go, <clears throat> excuse me, to the to the three thirty window next. We'll stay in the SEC. Number one, Georgia, on the road. They're four now. They go to Auburn. The Tigers, three and one, unranked. This is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Georgia, fourteen and a half point favorite. Forty five and a half is your total um, right now. I mean, the, this is this is Georgia. They're going to win. Do they covers? I guess is the question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess to me it's kind of a pass. Probably get, you know, tease Georgia down or, or buy it down to 13 and a half or, or a little bit would be my gambling advice on this one. But what do you think about Georgia-Auburn? Yeah, I think this would be a close game. I think just because of the nature of this rivalry, I think that's what will kind of bring these two closer together. In Georgia, they've snake bitten me a couple times this year, especially in some of their easier games, not hitting team total overs. Um, I feel like they make a lot of mistakes. I feel like they're not as dominant running the ball as they used to be. And I'm not sold on Carson Beck as a as a quarterback, like passing quarterback at this time. Uh, he's got happy feet. I think he wants to get out of the pocket early. Uh, he doesn't give things a chance to develop. Uh, and I think they rely too heavily on, on, on Brock Bowers, so you can kind of key on him and, and kind of bracket coverage him and force back to make plays. And we saw that against really their only tough game so far in South Carolina where, you know, they, they held a lead in that game and then they just – they South Carolina it, it up um, and kind of blew it there in the second half. So I think this would be a close game. I think Auburn covers the spread in this one. Uh, I think it's like a 30-21 to 21 type game. Uh, so the under might be in play for me in this one as well. All right. We will stay in 330 land here. We'll go to ABC, Big 12 showdown. The only matchup uh, in this week's college football that features two unbeaten teams, both, of course, ranked in the top 25. Of course, I'm talking about number 24, Kansas, at number three, Texas. Both teams 4-0. Texas, 16.5 point favorite, 61.5 is your over-under total. Bobby, how say you? Longhorns, Jayhawks. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen the Jayhawks beat the Longhorns a couple times in the last few years. Um, but I, I think, you know, Kansas has really shown me something this year. They're 4-0. Uh, I think what they're doing is great. Jalen Daniels playing quarterback. He's been taking another step this year. So I like what I've seen out of Kansas. I just think Texas is on a different level this year. Uh, I, I think that they, they have finally got the recruits in under Sark. The system has been implemented. And I, I feel like they've, they've got a quarterback that they can trust. And when they trust the quarterback, they're playing a lot better. The whole unit plays better. Uh, defense feeds off of it. And special teams has been great for Texas as well. Um, I, I think the over might be in play here. I think both of these teams can score. Uh, and I think you're going to see a lot of scoring coming from Kansas because they're going to need to try to hit those home run plays and try to keep it close or even try to bring it back. So I think the over is in play for me here. Um, but I, I think my play, I'm kind of teeter-tottering with it, is Kansas plus 16 and a half. I, I think – I think they're too good to get beat by 17 points. Um, and I, I just think that they'll keep it close in, in, in a tight one here with Texas. But I like Texas to win, Kansas to cover. Man, I I love Lance Leipold and, and the staff. He's, he's you know, he's he's got out there in Lawrence. They do a great job scheming offense. Uh, they, they scheme the running game, doing some really creative stuff. Uh, their RPO game, their play action games, all great. I think this is just uh, a total mismatch in the trenches, though. I mean, the Texas mm-hmm. D-line um, has been incredible this year. Their offensive line has been incredible. But the reason I'm not going to – I lean towards uh, Texas in, in, in the points here. But the reason it's not a, a super-duper lock for me is, you know, Red River's next week. And – I just worry that, you know, if, if Sark doesn't want to put uh, a lot on tape, uh, maybe uh, they get a lead here and, and just kind of ride the game out. Essentially, you know, I, I worry about the backdoor cover uh, for Kansas. And, and Bobby, if you play Kansas, I think that would play into, into your favor. Anybody who's holding that ticket or has that in their, um, um, in their bets on, on the app and stuff like that. So, but I could see Texas going out there and just, you know, destroying them as well. So, um, but I, to me, it's a stay away just because of the uh, little bit of a look ahead factor um, for Texas. You know, they got a big one coming up next week. Um, but last year, they last year they bombed them in Lawrence uh, after the 2021 upset. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Texas wins the game. Uh, maybe Kansas is uh, feisty for the first half or the first quarter. With uh, them scheming some stuff up, and uh, I think they're the tom the dominance, I should say, of Texas uh, kind of takes over the rest of the football game. All right, let's go to six Eastern time on ESPN. Number thirteen LSU three and one on the season will travel to number twenty Ole Miss, also with a three and one record. Uh, Rebs two and a half point home underdog, so LSU is a two and a half point favorite. Sixty seven and a half is the total. I love LSU. I think Ole Miss. I love Lane, you know, he's a good Twitter presence or X, whatever the fuck we're calling it. I like Judkins, I think Jackson Dart, can, you could can do some stuff with him. But I, man, the Ole Miss offensive line, I don't think it's good. I don't think the defense is good. I think they're a little fugazi. Uh, I think Alabama, with their quarterback situation last week, um, kind of proved that in the second half of that game. And uh, I think LSU goes in there and, and wins going away. So uh, give, give me the Tigers, I'll lay the two and a half. Have to say you. 
Yeah, so. I, I like LSU to go ahead and win this one as well. I like the under in this game. You know, Ole Miss, they, they didn't, you know, they were shut down by a good defense, and that's what LSU has. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason Ole Miss should have lost that game. Alabama is not great um, coming off of, you know, some questionable, uh, not questionable loss, but a loss and a questionable win. So I think that Ole Miss should have fared better in that game. But I think they just got worn down by Alabama's defense and they just couldn't get anything going past that first quarter. So I like LSU to win. I like the under because I think this is typically a, it's a lower scoring game. If you look at the history of this one, I feel like there's a couple that get real high scoring. Um, but I, I just think that both these teams, I think they want to run the ball first. Um, so I think it'll be a quick game, especially with the new clock rules I bring up every week. Uh, so the under is definitely my play here. Okay, final game here. College game day is going to Durham, North Carolina for a Notre Dame-Duke matchup. The Fighting Irish 4-1 and one on the year, ranked 11th in the latest polls. They will take on Duke 4-0 on the season, 17th in the polls. ABC is where you can catch this one. Notre Dame, a 5.5-point favorite. 52 is your total. Bobby, I will let you have your Irish here first, and uh, what's your thoughts, and how do you think the game goes? Yeah. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we're, we're on to this week. And, you know, from some of the things I've read, you know, watching the press conferences, reading some articles from the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame beat writers, I, 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 I fear for the ACC teams left on our schedule this year. I fear for USC. I fear for Clemson. This team, you know, we're in a good spot. They dropped two spots uh, after a game they should have won. Um, so they're they're set up because – the Big Ten's going to eat itself with the three monsters in the East there. You know, the Pac-12 uh, Pac teams, they're going to, you know, do what they do. And then SEC, I think there's one SEC team this year, and I think that's Georgia. So all they got to do is just win out. Uh, and that leaves the Irish fighting for a fourth spot with, you know, Texas, a Florida State, uh, Ohio State, a Michigan, a Penn State. So, you know, you're in a good spot. And, you know, historically – you know, obviously we're dominant against the ACC teams. Um, and Duke is a tough place to play. I will say that. And they, you know, they did beat Clemson the first game at home, but I, I feel like this Notre Dame team is taking another step towards where they want to be at this end of this year. So I, I like them to go in there and get this one done. I think the defense steps up in a huge way. Uh, I'm talking, you know, maybe a 10 point, three point game for Duke. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, really shut down the, the, the doubters after, you know, finishing that game with 10 people on the field. Um, so I, I, I think that's going to be us. And Sam Hartman, you know, all he does in the ACC is throw touchdowns. So I, I, that's going to happen here again. Um, so I like the Irish. I like the Irish to cover in this one. Uh, got them in at five and a half. I never bet on my own team, but I'm breaking that rule this week uh, to bring some good luck to them. So the Irish are definitely covering and winning and, you know, putting the stranglehold on the ACC again for another year. Okay. I'm, man, I think – I would have loved to bet Duke in this spot if, if Notre Dame would have won last week. But I think the loss, a little bit of a, you know, a, an awakening for for Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I, you know, obviously the talent across the board is, is better than Duke. But I think there is a path to victory for Duke in a sense that Leonard might be, I don't know. I, I feel like Riley Leonard and Hartman – they're kind of in the same weight class uh, quarterback-wise. I mean, that's just my opinion. And I don't know if Notre Dame I – don't, I don't know if they've developed the guys yet on the outside. And, and you saw Clemson not really to be able to hit their receivers on the outside. Um, 
But if Notre Dame just decides, hey, we're going to paste you uh, and, and road road grade you with, with the running game and could play with the lead, I, I think Notre Dame wins going away and they cover. I, I just think there is a little bit of a path to victory. But if, if you put a pistol to my temple, I, I would go with you, Bobby. I, I think, you know, to bounce back, maybe a little bit of a slow start, you know, a little foggy. Uh, shaking out the the cobwebs of, of you know the last little bit of last week, uh, in a sense um, that the defense keeps them in it. I, I could see that happening too, but uh, yeah, I I think Notre Dame bounces back and at, at five and a half. Yeah, I think you could lay the number here uh, with the Irish. Uh, let's go to the good game guide real quick and uh, get this week five of college football previewed. Uh, Thursday there's some games, but I mean you know if you want to watch them, watch them. I'm not gonna pick out any games friday we already mentioned utah and oregon state but uh louisville at nc state um seven eastern on espn and then cincinnati at byu at 10 15 so nice espn double header um I'll, I'll let you have first pick on friday what do you like what game do you like the best i'll, I'll go to the, the, the late game cincinnati byu oh, okay I uh, I think that Vegas is you know putting some cheese in the trap out there having Cincinnati at a two point favorite on the road uh, at Brigham Young. I I think Brigham Young is a better football team. I was not impressed with Cincinnati against Oklahoma. Obviously they took the L to Miami, which you should never lose to Miami in anything. Um, so I like BYU and the, and the boys there to get it done. All right, we will move to Saturday the noon window. Uh, number six Penn State at Northwestern on Big Ten Network, uh, Texas A&M at Arkansas on SEC Network, uh, Louisiana at Minnesota on Big Ten Network as well, Clemson at Syracuse on ABC, ESPNU has South Alabama and undefeated James Madison. Out of the Nooners there on Saturday, Bobby, uh, you could go off board obviously as well, but uh, out of those games, uh, which one do you like the best? I, I like South Alabama at JMU. JMU has been pretty dominant this year. Uh, they got the big win over Virginia in that game. Um, and South Alabama, you saw what they did to Oklahoma State. Um, and they, they've been a really strong football team this year. So you know, some fun belt action. I think you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, Clemson-Syracuse has my attention on ABC, but how about A&M-Arkansas? Mm-hmm. That game seems like it's always nuts. It's always in a neutral site. It seems like they always play this game in Jerry World. Um and it seems like it's always an overtime type situation. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think that could be the game. Um, if you're looking for a good one to watch on the noon or in the noon window, uh, that could be the game you flip over to. Uh, let's go to the three thirty window. Number two, Michigan at Nebraska on Fox. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? We got, uh, Indiana, Maryland on big 10 network, old dominion at, 3-0 Marshall on ESPN Plus. Um, for Eastern, we got Boise at Memphis on ESPN2. Uh, obviously, I'm going to choose to watch uh, my boys in maize and blue, but uh, any of those 3-30 games stick out to you? Man, I didn't know basketball season was starting so early with Indiana-Maryland. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was an all-time national title game, but uh, the 3-30 window just kind of, other than you know maybe Georgia-Auburn, as the game we talked about earlier in Kansas, Texas, the three thirty yeah. window stinks out loud. So that might be time to get a nap in but, or get but some I, chores done. But I love that when my team plays in the shittiest window, because I mean, because I'm, I'm going to watch my team every snap anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure you're the same way. 
uh, and then maybe put up a second screen or an iPad or whatever uh, just to kind of get the gist of whatever, you know, whatever else is going on in the country. So I kind of like that for me this week. So shout out to shout out to me, I guess. <laughs> uh, the night window as we close it out. Seven Eastern games, Iowa State at Oklahoma on FS1. Coastal Carolina at Georgia Southern on the NFL Network. Troy at Georgia State, who's 4-0 on ESPN+. Plus. 7.30, we got South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee on SEC Network. Michigan State at Iowa on NBC. And uh, we'll close it out here with uh, West Virginia at TCU at 8 Eastern on ESPN2. Alabama. Uh, at Mississippi State at 9 Eastern on ESPN. And then a game none of us could probably watch, but uh, number seven, Washington at 3-1 and one Arizona, Pac-12 Network, 10 Eastern time. The nightcappers, uh, you're going to be busy, but uh, let's say in an alternate world or a second screen, what game would you choose uh, from the 7 to uh, Pac-12 after dark window? Mm, man, this is going to sound real bad, but I think it's going to be a really good bad game. That's Michigan State-Iowa yes. at 7.30. The, uh, the total is 36 and a half right now, and it's it's calling my name right now. So I think that's going to be an all-time stinker after what both those teams have done the last couple weeks. I'll, I'll take South Carolina and Tennessee. I think South Carolina, I mean, they're, they're a 12-point dog on the road. Tennessee hasn't lost in Knoxville, like, what, in the last couple of years. I think maybe the Gamecocks can be a little pesky, and I want to make that a good game. Um, all right, let's go to the National Football League week. Number four, we got a five pack of games of the week here. We'll preview. Uh, let's start with Prime Video Thursday night, 8.15 Eastern time kick. NFC North battle, the Detroit Lions on the road in Lambeau, taking on the Packers. Uh, Lions, a one and a half point favorite. 46 is the total. I like the Lions. I think uh, they go in and not only, uh, well, obviously, if I like them to cover, they're going to win this game. So I, I think Dan Campbell goes to Lambeau two years in a row and uh, gets the dub. How say you? Yeah, we're a pro Lions podcast here. We so are. I, I, I'm very high on the Lions. I think I picked them to win the NFC North this year even. And been impressed with them so far. I, I think what's going to hurt them, uh, yeah, I think they got some defensive players that are out for this game already confirmed. And the status of David Montgomery is questionable. I, I think Jameer Gibbs has been uh, a solid running back. I feel like he's got some big play potential on him still to come. Uh, but I think Montgomery brings the, the steady um, kind of force that they had last year, kind of with Jamal Williams. Um, so I, I think that they're kind of missing that. And, you know, it's hard to win on Thursday night on a short week as the road team. I think we've historically seen that. Um, so I, I think the under is in play for this game. But I think the Packers win this game uh, at home just with a short week, uh, not having to travel. I think that's the biggest benefit that we're going to see in this game. All right. We will go to Sunday now, uh, I believe all. The rest of the games are 1 o'clock Eastern time kicks, but we will start in the AFC East. The Miami Dolphins 3-0 at the 2-1 Buffalo Bills. Buffalo a three-point favorite, 54 is your betting total. I'm excited for this one. Are you, and what do you think happens? Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Buffalo's back on track, and Miami obviously scoring 70 last week. Insane. Uh, that was that was awesome to watch. Like whenever it would cut in, when I was watching uh, one of the the other games on on a Sunday ticket on the small TV, um, I was like, oh, they scored again. Oh, 
And I was like, thank God I was not playing any of those guys in fantasy last week. I would have been miserable. But I think this game, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as as the total uh, says here. Uh, I, I think we're all expecting that. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a defensive battle. I, I think the Dolphins have a good defense. Uh, they're only getting better with each week. Um, and the Bills, obviously, we you know we always talk about the Buffalo defense and Sean McDermott's guys up there. So I like the under in this game. I like the Bills at home. Um, I, I think the the ability uh, of Josh Allen out of the pocket, the running dimension he brings, I feel that's greater than what Tua brings with his arm. So I like the Bills to get this one done at home in the under. Okay, where where it's at now, I I kind of agree with you in the sense that I don't I don't know if we're gonna see uh, total fireworks. Um, I mean, I I think we could though. So I'm kind of kind of wishy washy on that. I want to get the Dolphins. Well, I feel like you can play both sides here. I want to get the Dolphins catching three and a half or more on a live bet if Buffalo scores for first. Or I feel like if the if the Dolphins go down and punch one in early, and uh, they'd probably have to score, you know, the the first two scores of the game to to be able to get the Bills at plus three and a half or more. But I think you could play both sides of this thing, honestly, on a live bet. I love this game. Um, gun the head. I'll, I'll just for funsies. I, I'll I'll take Miami to pull off the upset. Uh, they were the team I I, I took out of the East in the AFC, so I guess I will I'll stay with that. But this this should be fun. Um, and I keep thinking back to last year the wild card game. I mean the Dolphins had some real chances, um, provided they didn't have a, a a hobo pretty much. No offense to Skylar Howard or or Skylar Thompson playing quarterback there. Um, but you know, they had chances to win that one. Uh, weather shouldn't be an issue. I think it's gonna be like 75 or 80 and sunny, uh, this time of year up in Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Dolphins, should be a fun game. We will continue, uh, one Eastern on CBS. By the way, the uh, yeah, the Bills Dolphins games will be on CBS. Um, how about the Ravens 2 and 1 at the 2 and 1 Cleveland Browns? Uh, one Eastern on CBS Browns, a three-point favorite, 40-and-a-half is your total. But to me, this seems simplistic, and maybe I'm the, the dumbass here, but, uh, you know, the Ravens are, are beat the hell. I don't know who's in or out of the lineup. The Browns probably have the best defense through the first three weeks in, in pro football. Um I, you know, I know historically the Ravens, you know, kind of own them, but, uh, you know, Cleveland did get them last year. I think they've gotten them, uh, they've split with them two of the last three years or three of the last four. So they've kind of evened up the series uh, recently. Give me, give me the Browns and the defense. I'll, I'll lay the field goal. I, you know, that's where I'm at. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you with the Browns on this one. It's kind of a stay away from me just because the nature of these two teams and they play. Right. Uh, it, it's always, it's tough to get like a good read on. And you said it. Baltimore is beat to hell. Uh, I, I think the front seven of Cleveland is probably probably the best front seven, top to bottom in, in the league. You know, I'd put them up there probably neck and neck with San Francisco um, and then, you know, Dallas and Pittsburgh kind of below them there. So I, I think they can bottle up the run game for the Ravens. And if you make them pass, I mean, the Ravens have Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. So, and I think Beckham's uh, out with an ankle. So you put your two best defenders on those two guys. I mean, you got to make Lamar make plays. And you know, we've seen in the past when he has to do it himself, if it's against a subpar team, you know, he can. If it's against a team like the Browns that are a cohesive unit right now, 
it, it's not going to be good. So I like the Browns to get this one done and keep uh, keep up with the top of the AFC North there. All right, we will move on. One o'clock on Fox NFC South matchup. Both teams two and one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints three and a half point home favorites. Forty and a half. Also the total on this one. Again, I well I'll throw this one to you first. What do you think? Yeah, short week of rest for the Buccaneers after the Monday night game. Um, they were they were overmatched against the, uh, against the Eagles, um, so there was no doubt about that one. So short week travel to New Orleans probably one of the loudest places to play in the league. That's going to be tough. They're hard to beat at home. Uh, Saints got a good defense. Um, you know, I think they're holding opponents probably like in the teens this year so far. Um, and I think offensively, Derek Carr has been a great addition. Uh, I think if and I think they get Alvin Kamara back too. So, um, you know, that adds a whole new dimension to their offense. So I like the Saints to get this one done at home easily. Yeah, you, you kind of laid it out. Like, and the one additional point I will make, like, even the last couple of years when the Tampa Bay Bucks had Tom Brady as a quarterback, it didn't matter in the regular season. The Saints always seemed like they just had their number and would kick their ass. And I was going to say, again, it feels like it's too simplistic. Like you mentioned, the short week, Kamara coming back. It, it feels easy, um, which scares me a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I think the Saints uh, win this and, and cover um, with, with ease. So uh, I'll, I'll take uh, – New Orleans final game we will preview here in the NFC East the two and one Washington Commanders at the Torino Philadelphia Eagles one Eastern time on Fox Philly eight and a half point favorites forty three and a half is your total I I think Philly wins there's, there's you know I don't think I'm gonna get much argument out of anybody on that do they cover I'm a little reluctant to lay eight and a half in a division game uh, but I do like the Eagles. And uh, and in a teaser situation, so I'll give that little nugget out to everybody. But a uh, final NFL game, we'll preview Bobby Commanders Eagles. What he said, yeah, whoever let the Eagles get Jalen Carter and the rest of the Georgia boys. I mean, that, <laughs> just, just an all time blunder. I mean, he was absolutely a dog on Monday night, um, getting compared to Aaron Donald, uh, but bigger. And he, I think he single handedly stopped the Bucks defense by himself multiple times. Um, you're, you're right. A division game, it is played closer. If this was played in Washington, I would definitely say Washington is covering. Being that this is in Philadelphia, uh, going against a young quarterback with that defense and playing at home in front of those Philly fans, I like the Eagles to win and cover the eight in this one. All right. Well, uh, let's see what the rest of week four uh, has in store on the schedule. Uh, as we'll go through the rest of the schedule. Uh, 9.30 Eastern time, ESPN, ESPN Plus, uh, Falcons and Jaguars in London. Uh, the rest of the 1 o'clocks we did not touch on. Uh, how about the toilet bowl? Broncos at Bears. Uh, Bobby or Steelers taking on the Texans in Houston at 1 Eastern. Uh, Vikings at the Panthers. Cincinnati at Tennessee could be a good game. Uh, 4 5 we got the Raiders at the Chargers in the AFC West showdown. Patriots at the Cowboys at 425. Also, my Niners host the Cardinals uh, at 425. Your Sunday nighter is Chiefs at Jets. And your Monday nighter, only one Monday nighter this week, uh, Seahawks at the Giants. So um, there's the rest of your National Football League schedule for week four. Uh, Bobby, locks, racing, and we'll get out of here. Try to make this one short and sweet. Um, I could give you time to – Grab your notes up here. Um, 
I'll just roll into what I have and, and let you clean up the lock segment here. Uh, I, I will lay the 12 with TCU. Uh, they got a West Virginia coming to town. I like West Virginia, but I think West Virginia, they might be, you know, really tough to deal with at home. Um, and on the road, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not there yet with them. So, uh, this is kind of a litmus test to see if I could trust West Virginia, at least against the number on the road. So I like TCU's defense. I think they're playing pretty well now. Uh, so give me, give me the 12. I'll lay it, uh, over 55 in the university of Virginia, Boston college game. I think that's kind of a gross game and a little bit of a sickos game, but I don't see too many stops going on and uh, maybe some turnovers and, and stuff like that. So I think that's wild and that, that total. Uh, I'd like it over. Um, Oregon first half minus 14 and a half. Uh, they're taking on Stanford. Clearly the worst team in the Pac-12. Oregon does have a big matchup uh, with uh, Washington next week. So I, I think they try to get their work done early. And the thing you got to re- realize 14 and a half, the hook is a little scary. Oregon seems like they go for two, like they did with Chip Kelly now, uh, with under Dan Lanning. So they might, they might have fifteen nothing, twenty two seven, like that could hit in the first half. So I like that. Um, and then I got a four team ten point teaser. If you put that in on Fanduel, that's plus one fifty. Uh, let's go Buffalo, uh, not the Bills, the Buffalo Bulls in college. All these are college games. Buffalo to twelve and a half. East Carolina, the Pirates up to plus 13 and a half. Take SMU down to 13 and a half and take the Miami, Ohio uh, Red Hawks down to minus four and a half. Uh, Kent State's a bad football team. I think that 14 teaser hits. So uh, there's my vice, my plays. Bobby, what do you got? Yeah, I got quite a bit here this week. Um, I'll start with Thursday night play a game we didn't talk about at all. Temple at Tulsa. Tulsa minus three and a half point favorite. Uh, if you watched Temple last week, um, like I did, because I had a bet in against them with the U uh, to cover the spread in that game, and they did easily. Temple is not a good team. They're reverting back to the Temple of the '90s. Uh, you know, they they had the research under Matt Rule, but now they're not good. So I like Tulsa. Tulsa can score a lot, and especially playing at home, I feel like making those guys travel from Philly out to Oklahoma is going to be tough. Uh, Thursday night football, uh, use my 50% profit boost on the Packers lions game, uh, to boost the Packers money line from plus one Oh six to plus one Um, so, you know, a little bit of change on that one, some spare leftovers after making my NCAA bets. Uh, so that'll just buy me another bet for Saturday, Friday night. I got the Utah money line plus 134, especially if cam rising plays, that's going to go down. So, um, you know, if you can get it now, I would I would hop in on that. Florida, Kentucky, you mentioned. Uh, my lock on that one is Florida plus two and a half. I, I think that they're a better football team right now than Kentucky is. Um, and, you know, you don't lose to Kentucky, you know, back-to-back years. Um, and that's rarely happened. I think it's only happened once. So I think Florida goes in and gets this one done. Uh, Penn State to, to beat the boys from Chicago. I uh, got them to cover 27 and a half, four touchdowns. I think they score four touchdowns in the first half before, Penn, before Northwestern gets a first down. Uh, I think Northwestern's that bad. Um, you know, they, they have some fight in them, but not enough to cover that spread. Uh, I got an alternate spread in the USC-Colorado game. 
uh, added the 50% profit boost on FanDuel with there. Uh, took USC minus 14 and a half, uh, brought it from minus 215 to minus 143. So you got to lay some money to get some, but I think that's an easy win. If you want to put that in with, you know, another three team parlay, maybe some, um, you know, money lines, maybe some easy spreads that you can see out there. I would uh, highly recommend that. Uh, I also got the under in the Florida Kentucky game, a 49 and a half. Uh, I think that's an easy one, 22 13 type game, uh, low scoring defensive battle. Uh, I mentioned this in the LSU preview. I got the under 67 and a half with them and Ole Miss. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of you here. I'm going to take that Oregon first half spread minus 14 and a half. Uh, I like that. Uh, too good to pass up. Uh, the worst good game of the weekend, Michigan State, Iowa. Low total of the week, 36 and a half. I like the over. I think that they, you know, if Brian Ferris can score 20, I'm confident in Michigan State to score 20 as well. So that there's my easy over there. And then late night, won't watch. We'll wake up and see if I won in the morning. Washington minus 17 and a half against the uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, if it was basketball season, Arizona all the way, but it's not. They're terrible at football. Washington is a perennial top five team this year. And my pick to win the Pac-12. So this is an easy cover for me. And that rounds out my locks of the week. All right, man. Um, all right, let's do racing. We'll do the plugs and get the hell out of here. Uh, the round of 12 started last week in Texas. Um, William Byron stealing the win uh, there late. I, I thought the five was going to get the dub, and he, he lost control. But again, we had playoff drivers um, having issues. I'm going to pull up the uh, the standings here real quick. But uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you first here, uh, or throw it to you. What do you think of uh, Texas before we look forward to Talladega? You know, I, I thought it wasn't a bad race. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the guys at the front were – they were fighting. They were playing sort of a strategy type thing. Um, and then, you know, late cautions kind of brought some stuff back. And, you know, if you listen to Denny's podcast, you mentions it. You know, a, a guy like driving the 15 and J.J. Gailey, no offense to him, but like he says, for, for that to change the outcome of that race when Kyle probably should have won that race, uh, shouldn't have been in that position. Um, you know, and he mentions a couple of them with the Carl Edwards miss championship because of things like that. So it, that, that does suck. It, it, it is part of, part of the game. So, I mean, you can't, you can't say that that doesn't have an effect, but um, sucks to see. I, I thought Larson, you know, you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, he, he gets on streaks and um, you know, started with a Darlington Southern 500 win. I think he's been, been on it. I think he's definitely a, a final four guy in my eyes. And then Bubba, Bubba was in position and I think yeah. he just, just chose the wrong line. Uh, if he takes the inside line on that one, I, I think, you know, he forces whoever's on top up. Um, but I just think his car was better on that second line. So that, that was a tough call. I uh, hated that for him because, you know, he had so many good stage points that race. Um, and a win locks him into the round of eight. That would have been huge for his morale, especially with, you know, the uncertainty of these next two races. And then you mentioned it with the people with problems, you know, Kyle, both the Kyles. Uh, yeah. taken, taken out early with Kyle Busch. And his backwards lap, which was always, it's always fun to see him get pissed off and do stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Reddick, Blaney, like mm-hmm. all those guys had trouble uh, last week. So we'll look forward here to Talladega, but first the playoff standings. Uh, Kyle Bush in 12th at minus 17 to the cutoff. Ryan Blaney minus 11 uh, to the cutoff in 11th. Uh, Tyler Reddick minus three to the cutoff in 10th and Bob Wallace minus two to the cutoff in ninth. Larson is eighth right now, plus two to the good 
Brad a seven plus eight, Chastain plus twelve, uh, Martin Church Jr. plus nineteen, Bell Chris Bell uh, plus twenty, Busher twenty two to the good, Denny thirty seven to the good, and of course Byron uh, with the win in Texas um, is locked in uh, already to the the round of eight. Uh, but Talladega is up next, uh, two Eastern time or I mean, it's a little out there two Eastern time, actually on NBC this Sunday, Bobby. So we get. An actual network instead of, I mean, I don't mind USA. Like they they do a fine job. Uh, I mean, it's the NBC production anyway. But uh, actually, on the big network this week, um, I don't have any gambling plays, dude. Like <laughs> I, I wrote down crapshoot equals no plays. I don't know if you have any plays, but um, if not, I, I was going to make a gun to head pick to win this uh, race. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned it already. Uh, this is the weirdest round of the playoffs with the. Uh, the unknown and, and the randomness of, of Talladega and the Roval and the cutoff race next week. But uh, you got you got any plays or you just want to do a gun head picks and, and get out of here? Yeah, I mean, like you said, we talk about this, you know, beginning of the year, Daytona 500. You, you, you can't pick the winner of that race because something always happens. And, you know, we saw that with Ricky this year. Yep. Um, Talladega, you saw Kyle Busch win on the last – he was the the benefactor of you know something crazy happening at the end of that race. Uh, Chastain in the past, Blaney. You know we've, we've seen these guys come through in these moments in these races. Um, Bubba with the rain shortened win last year um, or two years ago. So it, there's always there's always something that's going to happen in this one. So I it's it's burning money if you bet on Talladega any super speed wave to my my opinion unless you have you know free plays. Um, if uh, I'll just go gun to head, I'm, I'm, I got three names, uh, Brad Keselowski. He's awesome at this track. It's a good RF, RFK has been awesome this year. Yep. Um, you know, I think they were one, two in the spring in this race, I believe. No, Kyle Bush for, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they've been on a hot streak. Busher is an awesome. He's taken another step this year. Uh, Denny, obviously every super speedway, he's going to be in contention for the win. It's no, no question about it. Um, and then I like Bubba. I, I, I think this is one. I think this is his best track. Um, you know, he's awesome with super speedways. Um, you think you know the the win there and the rain shorten where he made the play. They made the strategy call. Um, you know, he's finished second at Daytona a handful of times. Um, he looked good at Nashville this year, and he's been hot in the playoffs. Him and Booty Barker, they've got a good strategy going. So I, if I, if I'm taking gun to head, it's one of those three guys. Long shot, long shot for me is maybe Logano. Uh, you know, obviously he's out of the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter for that. But, you know, a Penske and a Ford of the Super Speedway, I, I think that's also a good chance. Yeah, I, I wrote down Blaney uh, as my gun ahead pick just just because, of, I mean, I know he's still in the playoffs. He's won here before, but I, I, I just think if you're going to make a, a win bet, I think you got to look at the blue oval uh, on the Super Speedway. So, yeah, your, your Penske guys and your um, – uh, RFK guys for sure. Uh, my last thing on it, uh, it's just going to be interesting. It always is a calculation of how to approach the super speedway. I think with this new car, I think you just got to go up front and stay up front. Uh, and, you know, just hope you don't get caught up in, in the big one. Um, so, you know, guys close to the cut line, um, you know, Truex, Chastain, I'd even throw, uh, you know, 22 points in third busher right now. I mean, Larson, Larson last week was, you know, 20 points to the good leading the race. And you're like, all right, he's cruising. 
this is good. So, you know, I think Denny right now is um, not, you know, he could crash out early, I guess. But I think Denny is the only one that would feel good about their point situation currently. So I think all these guys, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they go up there and, and, and try to race for stage points in both stages or maybe you race for stage points in the first stage, fall back and, and hope the chaos happens in that second stage. Uh, you avoid it get the track position back and go for the win. But uh, I don't feel good about Larson's situation as a Larson fan. Uh, one career top uh, 10. I think at Talladega has been his horse track. I mean, he's, he showed some speed. He just seems like he's a magnet to, to get into uh, an accident situation. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't feel great. A little bit of a gut punch last Sunday, but uh, I'm excited about Talladega uh, last uh, super speedway race of the year. So, uh, and, like I said, on, on the big network, um, should be a fun one Sunday. But uh, I'm spent, man. You got anything uh, more to add? No, nah, man. I think we covered it all. You know, we had a great weekend of football last weekend. It kind of brings us back down to earth this weekend. But, you know, Talladega always gets the juices flowing. Um, you know, always a couple big ones in that race, especially when it comes playoff time. So I'm excited for this weekend. I think it'll be a nice, nice reset and uh, get us ready for the, the fall officially started. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's the uh, – it's definitely not the best slate of games, but it, it's not the worst. So uh, excited about football, excited about – uh, NASCAR this week and, and um, we'll we'll watch it all and and report back to y'all next week so uh, rate review subscribe follow the show on X and Facebook at Podcock Pcast available on all major podcasting platforms Spotify Apple Podcasts uh, Google uh, Amazon Music just uh, search search the web and uh, find us and, and look us up and criticize us praise us it's all uh, welcome so, um, yeah, I guess I'll turn it over to uh, Bobby here. Any famous last words, my dude? Go Irish, that's all I got to say. All right, go Blue, Bang Bang Niner Gang. And uh, we'll see you next time. And raise hell, praise Dale. <laughs>